Hey, this is Komarebi. You are now listening to Behind the Music with LED featuring me. So turn the volume up. I've got something I want to say. Many have said that music has healing properties. Well, in 2020, we have faced a one in 100 year event with the COVID-19 pandemic. And music is one element that has helped carry us through. But this pandemic has changed our life in so many ways, especially so for Australian singer-songwriters who were once accustomed to performing their music in a live setting. Join me as I unearth what goes on behind the scenes during these COVID times across the Australian music scene. This is Behind the Music with LED. Welcome to episode seven. I cannot believe how fast these weeks are going and already we've only got a couple more. It'll be the end of this podcast season and we'll be right through to 2021. That's DJ Dominator in the background. He joins me today as I put this podcast episode together, the nature of being a mum and doing this creative kind of life. Today, I'm having a chat with Komarebi. I met him, oh, about three or four years ago. I just finished a shift on community radio during the breakfast shift and I was getting through all of my bookings for coming weeks and months, trying to be a little bit organised. And this guy pops out from behind me and he says, uh, excuse me, are you LED? And that's where the friendship started. The friendship continues. And I had a chat with him only yesterday and he was telling me everything about what's coming up for him. It's a little bit secret, but you'll find out about it. If you hop onto his socials, look for Eddie Komarebi on Instagram in particular. You'll also find that he's on Twitch, but I won't share too much because we're going to have a listen to his chat now. Behind the music with LED. Where did your musical journey begin? To be completely honest, I can't really say. One of the earliest memories I have is learning to sing A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton and uh, performing that song for my family. So I guess you could say that I've always had it in me to sing and uh, music always resonated with me on a very visceral and spiritual level. Um, I, I guess it's just like how I'm wired. But it's pretty funny because no one on either side of my family was particularly artistic. My mum liked to draw a little bit. And my uncle on my father's side used to play the uh, traditional Arabic tabaki drum for some like pretty big names, like back in the, the 80s, 90s. But um, that's about like as far as the artistry goes in my blood, to be quite honest with you. Um, my dad always wanted to be a singer when he was younger, uh, unfortunately, before the whole civil war and, and all that. So... I guess there's a bit of that in me as well. So, you know, maybe I can, uh, you know, help fulfill that dream for him, you know, on my terms. <laughs> Who is the inspiration behind your music? It's going to be a really tough one to answer without sounding a little bit narcissistic. Um, to put it really bluntly, I am my own inspiration. You see how bad that sounds? <laughs> but, like, it's, it's more than just gratifying my own ego. When I say my inspiration is myself, I mean my subjective lived experience of the guy who's speaking into the mic right now. Uh, all I really know is the world through my own eyes and mind, and my inspiration for my music is my drive to understand myself and to coalesce the disparate pieces of my personality so I can connect wholly to the totality of life and existence and like my, my place in it. Um, I'm certain I'm not the only one who feels like an island who feels completely disconnected from the world within and without themselves. So my motivation is to become whole again. And uh, my dream is to see that happen with the human species on both an individual and a collective basis. What do you hope to achieve through your music? So during my early teens, I was introduced to the band Tool by a delivery driver who used to work 
uh, my dad's pizza shop. Uh, by the way, Tim, if you're listening to this, I miss you, man, and I hope your life's healthy and full and you're doing well. Uh, anyway, at that point in my life, my parents had gone through like a pretty messy divorce and I was unfortunately dragged into the middle of it in some ways. Um, so I was pretty like fucked up emotionally and the um, like existential terror had begun to set in, you know. And like for like a 12, 13 year old, that's probably a bit too heavy, <laughs> you know. At that age, you should probably be worrying about simpler things. But that's something that I went through. But um, something in Tool provided me a space to try and understand the world and myself and to start asking the questions that I needed to ask to make sense of the suffering in my life and what its purpose was supposed to be. Uh, is there a God? Is there an inherent meaning to all the pain and fear that every human invariably like experiences? I still have no idea, <laughs> to be honest. And I don't really think that that ultimately matters at the end of the day. I feel like doing that kind of work on yourself and staring into the abyss when it stares back at you, that shit's where the gold is hidden. Um, I've been listening to Fear Inoculum quite a bit lately, the most recent Tool album, and it's been making me put these sorts of things into perspective. Like I said in the previous question, I just want to become whole, complete. I want everyone in the world to become whole and complete too. Needless suffering and human malevolence, they don't have to be the status quo. You know, we, we can change, we can transcend, we can become more than what we really... Well, no, to become what we really are, which is more. More than what we think we are right now. So, yeah, that's that's what I hope to achieve. It's a pretty lofty goal, but... You know, if I can get even 10% of the way there, then, you know, I've done something right. Which music artists have influenced your musical style? Uh, obviously Tool, although you might not be able to very easily spot the influence in the music itself, since it isn't something that I've really worn on my sleeves in an explicit way, uh, save for Survived from my first EP. But hey, that might change in the future, and I have a feeling it will. Um, I've been raised on Arabic pop and classical music and Watlik Fordi, Nancy Ajram, uh, Feirouz, they all formed a huge part of my soundtrack to my childhood. Uh, as I grew a little older and started to develop my own tastes, I really got into heavier music, uh, starting with Linkin Park, obviously, which I feel like a lot of 90s kids, that was there, that was where it started. Um, the first album I ever had was also Usher's Confessions 2, so there's a little bit of that. Um, I found The weekend, or rather The weekend was shown to me in my later music, later teenage years. That sort of, it's part of my life where I really started to find my own stuff and, and find what I really liked, not necessarily what was shown to me. Um, and it really appealed to me from both a musical and like melancholic perspective, you know, because I was a little edgelord back then. Um, <laughs> but I've kind of fallen out with The weekend now, which bums me out. Um, but his trilogy of mixtapes will forever be heat in my eyes. Definitely. All of them. Um, late 90s, early 2000s R&B, for sure. That's definitely my sound. Uh, emo and post-hardcore bands like Silverstein, Hawthorne Heights. Uh, punk bands like Sum 41, Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know, man. I'm fucking everywhere with the musical influences. <laughs> How do you define success in the Australian music industry? Well, for starters, I want that aria, no doubt. 
Um, but other than that, I see success as people coming up to me and telling me that what I do does something for them that they derive value from, that means something to them and that enriches their lives. The most gratifying signpost of success for me personally is when a complete stranger comes up to you after a show and pours their heart out and that you know your performance and your songs resonated with them on like a really raw emotional level that that shit's cracked to me man i love it that's that's what i live for when it comes to my music what is your proudest career moment to date the most recent win is always my proudest one and i feel very lucky that i feel that way to be completely honest i don't think a lot of people have that that particular perspective on things um before the release of the kids look sick it was putting on the year of the kids event and performing live with some of my closest friends and getting to show off the new ep before it dropped um each time bigger each time better that's the challenge i set for myself every time so everything i do becomes the thing i'm most proud of which music artist would you consider collaborating with wow it's too many to count uh way way up there at the top would have to be tall obviously uh, but I'd be happy with any one of the band members. Um, maybe Kid Cudi. I feel like he'd be really cool to work with. Um, this is totally random, but Dr. Ed Hope, the YouTuber, uh, not only is he a great doctor, but the man's got pipes and he plays a mean guitar. So you should definitely check him out if you're interested in medicine and like the occasional singer-songwriter vibe. Um, yeah, he's dope. I'm a big fan of Dr. Ed Hope. I would love it if he had time to make more music, but I understand if he can't, you know, with being a whole doctor and everything. <laughs> That's a lot. What words of wisdom do you have for upcoming music artists? I'm only 26, so the hell do I know, <laughs> for starters. Um, all I can really say is, if you love it, keep doing it. Uh, if you're expecting to be rich and famous, you should probably let that go. Because even if you do get that fame and you do get those riches, you won't be satisfied for long. I really doubt that. Um, so just have fun with it and whatever ends up manifesting in your world it's just what it is uh, if music making music puts you in that pure awareness that flow state then it's definitely for you and that's what it does for me you know along with writing along with um, you know all these other little things that I'm really into that I'm really passionate about they put me in that flow state and um, you know remember here's a good like motto I guess especially if you're younger and you, you don't know what direction you want to head in with your life uh, if you love what you do, then what you do will love you back. Um, I don't really want to go into explaining exactly what that means. I feel like it'll mean something to you specifically, you know. So if you love what you do, what you do will love you back. And I, I like that saying. I think it's really cool. That is pretty much the only wisdom I have. Um, just love yourself. Love the people around you. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. And... I know it can be scary to face certain things, but, you know, my dad always used to say to me, he still say, says to me, Sheila Saab, walk towards what's difficult. So if something makes you uncomfortable, makes you fearful, that's probably exactly what you need to do and exactly what you need to deal with. Um, particularly, you know, if it's not an immediately life endangering thing. So on that note, uh, if you love what you do, what you do will love you back. That's it. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Music with LED. I've been Komarebi and you've been amazing. Link up with me on all your digital hangouts at Eddie Komarebi. That's E-D-D-I-E-K-O-M-O-R-E-B-I. 
If you spell my name with a Y, I will come after you. Except Twitter. Fuck Twitter. I don't hang out there. Much love, everyone. Keep moving forward. I love you. Make sure you guys love yourselves. Have a good night and day and life. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Jonah's Top Picks. Hey guys, it's Jono here from The Biz with Jono. And this week's Top Picks, we're going to start over in Western Australia, supporting the one and only Cameron Alexander, whose latest track, Six Seasons, is an ode to the Noongar seasonal calendar. And it's been two years in the making. We were very lucky recently to have a live performance of this track. Go support Cameron Alexander. That's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R, who is based in Western Australia. Go give him some love on Instagram and uh, put him into Spotify and YouTube. Search that that name. Um, you won't be disappointed. We are going over to New Zealand. I love to travel on this segment. And we're going to go see my friend Madame Parker, known as Mads Parker. Her brand new track, Cry For You, is out now, and I would describe it as very soulful. We've even discussed it on my live before where she's got some ghetto tones there, but it is velvety, it's chocolatey, and we love Mads Parker. You may also recognize her from Australian Idol, where she did extremely well, Uh, so just pop her name into Google, YouTube, go support her. My favorite track, though, I love Cry For You, Um, but... And as I've said to her before, my track is Wavy, W-A-V-E-Y. Go check that out, Madam Parker. Um, you won't be disappointed either, seriously. Now look, a good friend of mine, or she's going to be a good friend of mine, we discussed this also on my live. We're going over to the UK, and Jennifer Owens is a singer-songwriter. She's also an online singing teacher, but I've got a feeling she won't be doing that uh, for very much long. She is gaining momentum on social media. She's got a powerful controlled vocal that'll give you goosebumps and it does every time i hear her perform uh, sensational um her tracks such as spend the night and hole again are both original songs and i tell you what they are songs ask alexa to play it ask siri to play it ask google jennifer owens and uh, sit back relax with a cup of tea glass of wine if you're doing the dusting in the house whatever it's um, it's great music it's all original just like all my guests on here um, and they're doing some amazing things so that is uh, Jono's Topics uh, this week we'll see you next time Corey do you know what today is? um um oh, Friday? <laughs> <laughs> this is the seventh episode of Behind the Music with LED, which means... Is it really? Wow. After today, we only have two more recordings together. No, don't say this that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we won't be speaking. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you're going to get rid of me that easily. <laughs> it's just that we don't have to record the conversation then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. We can speak freely and we don't need to record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we can say anything. We can say... <laughs> I know, I know. I feel I feel really terrible for saying this, but uh, about three or so, four weeks ago, Big Sound happened here in Queensland by Queensland Music. Yes, and, I remember you telling us about that. Yeah, and it was an online event, and I thought that's going to be super easy for me to get to because I don't have to go anywhere but online. And and you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's not funny. I know I have the ability to gain access to watch everything back, but I still haven't caught up. (laughs) I I, I, I sort of giggled, but I didn't say anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, you know, admittedly, I also used to be very big on the socials when things like that would happen because, like, I'd be sitting there and I'd tweet about the experience. Yeah, but you weren't a mum then. <laughs> true, but I don't know if it's the fact that I've deleted Twitter from my phone or I just didn't see anything come up. I didn't see any big hashtagging, even though it was online, I didn't see any big hashtagging even on Instagram. Did mm. you see anything come up? Uh, no. Because you're more on Twitter than Instagram, so I just... Uh, no, no, not really. But, uh, I mean, it's not exactly news now, but uh, a couple of weeks ago it was announced that uh, live uh, venues would be able to reopen here in Victoria uh, mm. again as uh, part of the changes uh, late October. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that's going to be able to happen again. It's like, will we remember how to do it? (laughs) What, you mean I don't need Zoom? (laughs) (laughs) You mean I have to get dressed and go out somewhere? Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) And and I did notice a few weeks ago, I was organising a couple of events through Facebook, and I noticed that you know, now they give you the option, is this an online event or is this an event in person? So mm. 2020 has changed the way we do a lot of things. It has indeed. It's uh, enabled us maybe push technology um, further, which is a good thing. It's just a shame, though, that we haven't changed the way that we listen to music. Recently, yeah, baby Australia, steps. <laughs> recently, Music Australia put out charting songs of the year and... I've got to be honest with you, it's the same artist over and over again. Oh. Yeah, I guess the, the challenge this week I'm asking you, Corey, mm-hmm. is why do we always listen to the same artist? For example, Tones and I, she had three songs that were charting this year. Now, right. And, and DJ Dominator obviously thinks it's very funny. Mm. Um, but why are we not paying attention and giving that respect all that time to other Australian music artists that, you know, they may not have the big marketing campaign behind them. Maybe I'm answering the question myself. Well, it must be a little disheartening to some artists who have put their, you know, blood, sweat and digital tears into things this year and maybe in previous years as well, really, uh, like pandemic aside, and Mm -hmm. feel that they're not getting the recognition for that. I think what you said before about, you know, the line of music and are we going to be able to do it? Do we know what to do with it? I just wonder, is it this year that we've... No, no, no. I'm going down the wrong path here because <laughs> I, was going, I was going to say maybe because we've been locked up in our homes, we've only listened to what we've had put in front of us. And I've looked at number one songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can remember looking at the charts 10, 15 years ago, um, and even more recently, and from memory, I think it was last year, we had only 7% share of the top number one songs in Australia. That is, the other 93% of songs were coming from overseas. Is it laziness, and on whose behalf is it? The, The listening public who are comfortable with what they're listening to and only will listen to them until they the, the band or the artist makes a mistake and they suddenly no longer like them and they look for someone else. I mean, are we a little too lazy and it's like, oh, let's just stick with what we know? Do so you think we're, we're maybe creatures of habit and so... Well, I, I wonder whether it's that or is it the people behind the scenes for financial reasons, perhaps, who are making sure that we're listening to the same people? I, I don't know. Does it is it more of people, creatures of habit or is it 
business and we'll stick with something that we know because, you know, I guess in an economic downturn, what money you do put out there, you need to make sure you're going to get a return on that. I just wonder whether they're sticking with what's safe. It's quite possible. I mean, I remember in 2016, I came to Brisbane. I say came because I was in Melbourne at the time. And I went to Big Sound. And I can remember in one of those presentations or one of those keynotes, uh, the speaker said that a commercial station, and there's so many of them, even though they fit into only a couple of different organisations, they will only play a song, like a new song. So, again, we'll think of Tones and I and her song Dance Monkey, which has gone you know, crazy wood on the charts. They'll play that, say, 90 times over 10 days. If they start to get feedback through socials or their audience in other ways, then... Or listening to other radio stations saying they're playing that less, maybe we should play it less. Yeah, this, this is this is how they measure it. So if you think about it like that, let's imagine one of the artists that, you know, if I think of every artist that I've featured on Behind the Music, I feel each of them is talented in their own way. Mm. Just makes you wonder, you know, why some have never even been on community radio, why some have never been on commercial, majority have not been on commercial. Mm. One, one or two that have. What is You've it got about? to generate an audience, but how do you generate an audience without that commercial radio, with their pool, for people to be able to listen to it? I mean, how, how do they achieve that if they don't have that exposure? It's true. And also, I'll go so far as to say that we're talking about analytics. On my YouTube channel, it's the artists that I say are not... Uh, as well known on their socials. So if we think of, for example, Hairy Mother of God, mm-hmm. if you look at them on socials, they had a couple of couple hundred followers, right? Can I just say that they were very funny on your YouTube doco <laughs> series. That was that was so cool. Yeah, 441 <laughs> followers, right? They had, mm. they, I, I did say to them, let's blow up the tube, and you know what I mean by that. But they did. Yeah, they Kim Kardashian's ass sort of blow up the internet. <laughs> They blew up the tube. They did. My YouTube channel has gone sky high with views. Is it the That's content? Awesome. Is it is it the content because their episode is so creative? And is that what's going to encourage people to go and listen to songs like Lorna Jane that they've released? Or is it because they, they're following, their 441 followers on Instagram are real followers. I'm just curious because, you know, I've had bigger names. You want quality over quantity. Exactly. So, again, and they have had some commercial play. So it just, it just makes you wonder, what is the formula to get all of these amazingly talented artists played on stations where we're not listening to the same eight artists on rotation. I don't know. Are researchers actually asking listeners questions or are they very specific ones where they get the response that they want? They put the question in a way that there is really only one way of answering it and it's the result that they want to hear. Yeah. I mean, what, what the real, actual listeners, is anyone really asking them what they think instead of just like, well, this radio station's playing this song, so we must play it as well. I know from experience that commercial radio won't play a song that is not by a big artist, but it sounds, it has that sound of one of those big known artists. They won't play it because it doesn't have the the support, I guess, from the industry as perhaps it should. And I, I, I can hear that DJ Dominator is just, he is incensed by that 
the, the, the fact that um, only a certain type of music is played on commercial radio. Well, he's just given me the most fantastic idea, mm-hmm. and I'm going to jump on it straight away so we can follow up on it next week. I'm, okay. going, to pull to, I'm going to pull together a survey. I'll have a chat with you a little bit later. Let's pull together some questions, and I'm going to throw, I'll throw a survey up across my socials, and let's see what the public say. You know, I've got a friend that works for a marketing organisation. Mm-hmm. I could have a chat with her, but, you know, when it comes down to client-specific, like, she's not going to be able to tell me, oh, yes, Southern Cross Hysteria did a survey and this is what was said. Mm. Yeah, so leave me leave me with it. I'm going to... Oh, I think I have to build a survey. You let me Because you know, know what, Ellie? I, I don't care if it's a known band. If I like the song, then that's the only important thing. And, you know, I've had feedback from the, the comments that come through with the YouTube channel, but mm. also people have reached out to me directly and I've received emails and Instagram messages from people saying, why did I not know about Tori before? Tori has been, you know, producing, releasing music for the past three to four years. I've just discovered her on your YouTube series, season one. The other day I got a message Jerome Williams, my goodness, he was a great speaker and he's so talented. Where do you find out about these people? They're the questions that I get. The people do want a change. And you're contributing to that already, but yeah, how people are finding out these things, how can it it be more readily available to them where they they can find this stuff out without, you know, like searching for a needle in a haystack, for instance. Mm. It's like, I know there's a good uh, song that's, you know, not known by everyone yet. I know it's here somewhere. That's right. While we're on that topic, before I get busy with this survey, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to give a shout out to Caroline who sent me a message through Instagram. Hello, Caroline. Say, yeah, she says, I'm loving your podcast, by the way. It's actually really refreshing and I told Hubby about it too. So thank you, Caroline, and I really appreciate your support. And it's wonderful to think there are people out there listening. I haven't even met you. I don't know who you are who's listening, but get in contact with me. LED official on Instagram is the easiest way to get in contact. And, of course, your website, ledofficial.com. Oh, how could I forget that? Will you come back again next week and join me for the results of the survey, Corey? I will indeed, Ellie. (laughs) Thanks for joining me today. We'll chat again soon. No problem. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed my chat with Komarebi. Also, Jono's top picks and what Corey and I had a chat about. This is episode seven, as I said earlier in the podcast. So that means that we've only got three more episodes left and then the podcast will finish for 2020. I'm not planning on bringing it back until around the middle of 2021. And if you're wondering why, there is a very big project that I've mentioned before that I've been working on and the project's due to go live the 1st of March. So I'm really needing to put all of my energies into that project but at the same time you know it doesn't mean we can't stay in contact as the new year kicks off you know how to find me online it's led official i've also gone ahead and started my tiktok account very very recently and i'm sharing a new australian song at least once a day on there with every coffee that i pour so (laughs) usually my morning coffee i'm gonna pair that with the song and that may give you or may give other tiktokers a little bit more of an understanding of what's happening in the Australian music scene. You know me, I try to be as creative as I can. Thanks again to Komarebi, Corey and Jono. It's always a pleasure every week and thank you to you for listening. I'll catch you next week. Got a question for industry? Send it through to hello at ledofficial.com. This is Behind the Music with LED.